The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, the Who recently played somewhere, I don't know, but people were giving out afterwards about the etiquette of people in the crowd, and it comes kind of hot on the heels of, well, I think the uh, the uh, breaches of etiquette at the Who were just people talking and chatting amongst themselves. Their Does mobility it, scooters were driving over people's feet. <laughs> Does it exactly reach the kind of the, the heights <laughs> of Pink, who had somebody's ashes thrown at her on stage, um, drinks thrown at Cardi B, she threw her microphone back, the drink, the drinks bottle was sold for... Oh, like a hundred thousand euro or something it's crazy. It's getting to the stage, Kim, where I think people are doing this on purpose because they'll yeah. get a reaction. Vapes thrown at Drake. Mm. Um, a baby was left on stage. Was thrown at, at a K-pop <laughs> concert. Honestly. Was thrown at Michael English. <laughs> Someone thrown a baby at him. Ah, he's used to that, ah, Michael. To it, Great yeah. pause. He'd catch that baby coming at any angle. Um, <laughs> Bounce it twice and kick it 20 years. <laughs> um, so gig etiquette. Is ah, it getting worse? Here's the thing. It's a good question uh, when I was approached to think of, talk about this I haven't been to a gig in a little while, but friends of mine, we were only having a discussion last weekend, they went to Lana Del Rey in the Three Arena recently, which remember she announced it quite quickly before the gig was happening. Mm-hmm. Very excited, got the tickets, and there's about two or three different friend groups that went, and to a man and woman, uh, two of the groups had to leave early because of the level of almost Beatlemania screaming, which is fine at a concert. Yeah. But I wouldn't have thought Lana Del Rey's slightly more low-key... Uh, kind of vibe would have sustained the level of hysteria and screaming. So what was happening was they were sitting down and there was a group of people behind them in their ears and my friend Dave turned around and said, listen, we love Lana Del Rey as well. Would you mind just, you know, doing the Ross, scooching up the fingers, yeah. Yeah. Could you mind? And he was roundly told to go uh, Anglo-Saxon word himself and uh, in a very aggressive way, like there wasn't even drink taken from their part, so... And, this, and then my third group of friends were saying they couldn't, they, could, they had to leave early because the people's behaviour at Lana Del Rey. And it got me to thinking then that uh, I suppose there's a, not to get too deep on it, but I am. There's a woman called Shira Gabrielle. She's a psychology professor in the United States. She, what she calls collective everest, evanescence. So basically, when you're buying a ticket to a gig or the cinema or a comedy gig, or you're not just going to see the actual cultural artifact itself or to see mm-hmm. the band you're as much as far as I'm concerned anyway as far as she is going for the vibe the crowd the collective experience of us all enjoying um, this band together or I went to see Barbie the other night packed house and I definitely added 20% 30% enjoyment on it because everyone was laughing at the joke yes. at the same time and then when I think the pandemic hit people lost their ability or last the knowledge, or last the years and generations of passed on knowledge as to behave, how to behave in a crowd. I think, especially young people that maybe hadn't been to a gig yet and they emerged from the pandemic just raring to go. And I think when you're in a group like that, people just have forgotten how not to be a complete jackass. And, but is screaming along being a complete, I can see no, how it's no, annoying, I, I but feels, you know. I know. When I was telling that story, it feels like I'm a bit uh, Victor Meldrew. But I think it was... At the, least they were engaging. They, they were, were engaging. engaging in an annoying way with what was on stage. Yes. But at least they were engaging well, I'm not saying it. that, you know, I think one of the rules that we'll t- might get to it, I have a number of rules. But oh, wow. I think, yeah, of course. Uh, but well, we've a three-hour show. You look, can have as okay. many rules as you well, want. It, it goes to number 40. No, but I think one rule of the rules... Rule 42, subsection B. Our subsection B. So, look, I think you should just have to be cognizant of your surroundings. You know, if you're in, a, if you're in Whelan's and there's a guy whispering over guitar... And it's like, and this is my new song. You know, then you act accordingly. You're like, yeah. You should be like a chameleon, an emotional chameleon, where you go and you go, oh, 
or is if you had a Slayer gig downstairs in Bruxelles, you're not going to bring your plink, your picnic bl- blanket and have hummus and crackers at the front of the stage, you know. So know your audience, literally know your audience. But then I feel people, what they call, is it main character syndrome or main character um, syndrome where people have lost themselves to social media to such an extent, maybe because of the pandemic, they're, you know, they're spending so many hours a day on TikTok and whatnot, that they feel that everything that's happening around them is all happening as part of their internal movie storyline yes so then they'll try and affect that storyline in any way they can to make it about them and to insert themselves into the narrative again maybe I'm thinking too much of it but, maybe people are just Egypts uh, but maybe though to expand on that you know we have seen as a feature of social media as well this kind of performative emotions so mm-hmm. performative outrage or performative yeah. grief or performative yes. happiness and maybe you see a little bit of that at these concerts it's think, kind of yeah. performative joy like I'm I will I'm really happy to be here I really I'm really enjoying myself but I, I need to kind of overact that part well, if you go back to the Beatles or the Stones or any of those you know you don't have to go back that far I suppose you know but even the psychology of all those events it became not even about the music at once yeah. that's why the Beatles stopped performing live because they're like they don't care. We can yeah. come here do, you know, armpit farts for, for two and a half hours. Oh, week, yeah. Or 40 minutes in their case. And they're just one of, it's, it's the, again, that's, it's the collective who can react the strongest. And I'm a bit, I'm the biggest fan. So I'm going to scream for one and a half hours into somebody's ear to prove how much I'm so excited. There's nothing in the world worth getting that excited the, over. That I you don't have to scream so. for an hour and no, a half. Not even when I was a youngster, you know, maybe, but <laughs> maybe Tottenham beating Man United, I did, uh, I did have a moment for myself. But I think, People have, I think it was, listen, gigs have always been a lively old spot for anyone. If you look at back at the gigs of the, of the punk era, if you look at Fela, people are losing their minds. And they're, you know, they're stumbling around the place they're jumping into each other. And it's all well and good. It should be expected. And it's part of the gig going experience. But I do feel there's a certain selfishness and there's a certain entitlement that has crept in that people don't care about uh, affecting other people's enjoyment of the gig as much as they care about imposing themselves mm. on the circumstances. Somebody points out that Meatloaf had a wheelchair thrown at him <laughs> in Moat. He was in a gig in Moat. I think I've heard that story before. He was healing people in Moat, was he? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and they left like a bat out of hell. Yeah, it's, it's likely when you go to Lourdes and there's crutches I hanging up around the grotto. I won't do that. Um, during, oh, here's the, here's the detail from uh, producer Patter. During one show in Moat, things got a bit out of hand. People started <laughs> flinging shoes onto the stage and Meatloaf was getting annoyed. Uh, it eventually led to a wheelchair being thrown towards the stage <laughs> and the man himself decided to storm off <laughs> for his own safety. Stormed into Moat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's a vision in itself. They should make a movie of that. But look, again, I think people, the, the throwing of things at artists, it's a genuine concern. And I think security will get a handle. I think people are going to calm down after another year or so. Of okay. Uh, one thing that annoys the artists, but well, I'm sure what annoys an artist is somebody throwing a vape <laughs> at them or a bottle or, or, or a wheelchair yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, or something else. Um, but what annoys a lot of them is mobile phones. Yeah, so Tommy, this Tiernan, is, yeah. yeah. Tommy Tiernan famously this year was the first Irish comedian to ban mobile phones entirely because this happened after a gig in Salt Hill where he was in the middle, mid-flow of one of his, you know, the way Tommy Tiernan, mm. I was going to call him Tommy like you know him, Tommy Tiernan um, tells his stories, he gets really into the kind of rhythm and the flow of it. It's it's as much about the story as it is the punchline, but some guy in the front took out his camera right in front of his face and with the f- torch on and started recording him. And I can imagine, you know, how distracting and mm. disrespectful that is. So he just, as maybe he didn't say it so kindly, but he tore your man to shreds and, 
And after that, he said, look, no more phones. And I, I get it from a comedian's point of view. And it's different though for, like, yeah, I totally get it from a comedian's point of view. They're also recording most of their sets and posting them on TikTok. Exactly. So, yeah. so it undermines the, course, the, yeah. the, the, their ticket sales exactly, down the line. You've yeah, seen all yeah. the best bits. Um, it's a bit different. I think there's an element of snobbery about uh, musicians. Maybe again, the, the example you give is somebody playing kind of an intimate set in Wheelands. They're just there I, with I their guitar. Uh, and yeah. saying, listen, let's put the phones away. Yeah. But if you're playing a big arena concert. I don't mind. I think there's a bit of snobbery when people say, don't take your phone out of this. When you've got 10, 15,000 phones in the air. It's, it's just the oh, modern version of the lighter. There we go. And like phones have been part of this. And not enough people smoke anymore. Years, you see, yeah, they've got for, the, vapes, the lighters. The vape lights are going up and down. Lights. Uh, so the vape lights aren't quite the same thing but I think you know we've got to expect and understand it's 20 odd years I don't want smartphones have been around they're just part of the of the furniture now the gig but again you've got to be more you've got to be self-aware enough and kind enough and decent enough to look around and if you're putting your phone up are you blocking the person behind you like, just look over your shoulder mm. and look sorry if I put my hand up with my massive S22 I'm going to be blocking their view of this particular moment so then move your arm or don't do it I saw a lad Loft, no word of a lie, lob up a laptop at a gig. No way. Uh, he'd obviously charged it, a full, maybe like a good 17-inch laptop, turned it around so he could film. Maybe he was live streaming it, but a full-blown laptop. He hoisted it above his shoulders like, like the, li- like the Lion King. I think it was a Radiohead gig. Actually. Of course it was, yeah. <laughs> Story checks out. It would have to be a Radiohead gig. But like, um, <laughs> so lobbed up, lobbed up the laptop and I was like, ah, oh, here. So, you know, he was around, it was an Irish crowd, so it, it didn't get last long up there. But, the things I've seen, and again, we have to be careful not to put all the onus on the young people here, that some of the most frightening experiences I've had at gigs have come at the so-called the, the White Wine Brigade. Oh, really? Oh, my God. The middle-class, middle-aged ones. I saw a woman screaming at an Ennio Marconi gig at Kilmainham, down at Kilmainham. She <laughs> had to walk. That is such a middle-class wine-drinking gig. Let, let that sink Ennio Marconi let, down at Kilmainham. Dro- honest, this is how serious. I almost dro- dropped my hummus. <laughs> Into my Chablis. But I was at the I was at the Ennio Marconi gig. I was at the back, it was cool. Like I wasn't even sitting down, you know, I was with the cool kids. Mm. And uh, she was screaming at the steward, screaming, because she had to walk maybe fifty or hundred meters to go to the toilet. She could not understand it. And any any they're the ones I'd be more afraid of. Is that the take that gigs or the, the you know they're they, these those people because they suppose they don't go out as often because the kids went over. And when they do go out, they go out out. Yeah, to quote uh, the comedian. But look, and then they're from wheelchairs at they're ch- yeah, th- th- their own wheelchairs at that age. <laughs> but look, you know, it's just it's just a basic cop on. I think it will calm down. I think if you're if you arrive late to a gig, you don't have the right to elbow your way to the front. If you arrive early, and it turns out to be a mosh pit, you've no right then to roll your eyes if people are getting a bit rowdy. If you again, if you arrive late and you're super tall, you've got big hair tough luck, stand at the back, just be mindful of what is going on around you. You don't need to get a drink every six, seven minutes or go to the toilet. You can hold 20, 25 minutes, double up, get two pints. You know, it's all these common sense things that seem to have gone out the window and I sound like, I am literally shaking my fist at the cloud. Now. You are, yes. Angry but man. just cop on and don't be a beep beep. Be a chameleon, as you said earlier. Be a chameleon and Adapt recognize your, your surroundings. Yes, exactly. Ed Smith from Today FM. Great advice as always, Ed. And thank you very much. Mark says, Kieran, here's a variation. And the last two trips to the National Concert Hall, one a classical concert, uh, the other to see Maritza, the Portuguese fado singer. Both had issues. Oh. Here's a white wine middle class uh, <laughs> listener. Uh, people <laughs> seem to think, so, sorry, Mark. People seem to think that your enjoyment of these events is enhanced by trying to view past phones held up in front of you. Mm-hmm. At Maritza's concert, we had to call a steward at least three times to ask this ignorant woman, well-dressed of about 30, 
immediately to put down the phone. She totally ignored the steward the first two times. Eventually, he was told that if she didn't stop, she'd be asked to leave. She was furious and didn't give an SH1T about the fact that this large glowing screen in front of us was a distraction. 35 years going to the National Concert Hall and I've never seen this. <laughs> That's what Mark says. Mark. Another says... Gig dependent, an acoustic set, yes. needs quietness and a captive audience. There we Metallica, go. maybe a load of lads in a mosh pit. You could say anything you want. Yeah, then. cut your cloth. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.